There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Listen anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go. So how's your Hamden hangover if, like me, you were there last night? If not, how's your World Cup heartache? Because it's all going to happen in Qatar in November, December without the Tartan Army. On an emotional night at the National Stadium, Ukraine beat Scotland 3-1 and it was a scoreline that could have been a lot worse. Chris Burke, what went wrong for your old gaffer, Stevie Clark? Yes, I know. Listen, eight games, I think, we were unbeaten. We looked as if we were doing well and just when you think that you've got momentum um, your, your team's playing well and before you know it football just comes back and kicks you in the backside doesn't it we just underperformed on the day I don't think I think Andy Robertson said it we just didn't show up I think apart from two or three players like Sir Gordon and McGregor who I thought were terrific on the night Christie coming on making a little bit of an impact but yeah their players were better than us in the night and it was disappointing but Steve Clark said we have to just get back in the horse and do it all over again and I'm sure that he'll deliver that um, against Armenia Peter Grant was part of the Alec McLeish led coaching team which preceded Stevie Clark Peter how do you explain a Scotland performance which was so far below what we've seen in recent times I think we've got to give credit to Ukraine I think they've got very very good players um, I don't think the players are Stevie that would underestimate them you know if they play well I've played against them at 21s and whatever I've seen them at full obviously international level they're a top top quality side with top quality players their big players played well their big players didn't play well and that's the bottom line and international football I felt I said last weekend here I wouldn't have went with two strikers that was my opinion because I don't think you can afford to give up the middle of the pitch you can go for that later in the game but the time that we're challenging to get a game then you're looking for somebody like Lyndon Dykes further up the pitch and he's already off the pitch if you're going to be putting long balls in the box that guy's already away you know and you're putting centre halves up who it's not a natural thing for them so that's why I'd have started and I said in here with Burke last week that I'd have started Ryan behind one of the strikers whoever that striker was going to be I'd have definitely because I think at that level you cannot afford to give the middle of the pitch up and I thought we could overrun in there, outplayed, and not necessarily down to the players. Just that the movement of Ukraine was excellent. Yeah. Their distribution was excellent. They're so comfortable in possession of the ball, and I just think we were fortunate it was only three-one. I think that didn't work out the front two, if I'm honest with you. And I think everybody will probably agree, especially in the first half. And obviously made that change with putting Chris on, and they said that it just it came at the wrong time the second goal cause were you surprised Chris he went for the, the I front was, two I was yeah. it'd be fair that Peter did change change my mind um, when he spoke, spoke about Chris he just seemed to be that he, he goes with Chris in the big games mm. albeit the last time Dykes and Adam played together they did get that fanatic win against Israel in 3-2 when the two of them played well together so I don't know if maybe that was in the back of his mind and also you have to remember how they've trained 
every time they've, they've, they've turned up before the game. Yeah, so I was a little bit surprised. You know, Christie coming on, I think, would have been a little bit of a better balance. But Ukraine, I think, Stepanenko, as much as Zinchenko and Yarmolenko were fantastic, I thought the number six, mm. Stepanenko, was yeah. terrific. The one he that through it, didn't that, that ball over the top. And they just kept... The, the back four just kept finding Stepanenko all the time and the, the, the front two found it difficult to stop him getting in the well, ball. I, I, well, I look at it and I think any of the front two, they're not a number 10. So you have two number nines really who want to play up further up on the last line. So none of them really like to come and link. You know, that's not their game. So that's why you have got to have someone in there. And people say they can play John McGinn there. For me, John's not a receiver of the ball. He's back to the game. You know, John's got to be facing forward mm. and playing. And then that's why you see he gets the opportunities when he gets in the box. He can hit the ball like a bomb. He's got to be facing forward. And I'd worked with John in the period. And he's, he's got a big backside, as they used to say, and he uses that really well. But he's not a receiver, a natural receiver. You see the likes of Dabalas, you know, the top Coutinho's, you name them all. When they get turned and they face you up in there, you're worrying. You're panicking, you know, and we don't really have that. Probably Ryan's as close as you're going to get. The wide players don't move with that movement, that freedom that the opposition do. That Ukraine always had a pass on. They seen the space. You know, Yarmolenko was outstanding. Was. Andy Robertson didn't know where to go tight, back off him. If he went tight when he stepped in off the line, and then the goal but puts you on the back foot. Trying to play offside in the back three, I've never known it because I just don't think you can ever do that. Andy Robertson's got to be inside anyway. I know Cooper stepped in front, but if somebody's got time to ball, you go the opposite way. You step back, you don't go forward, and you learn that as a kid. But Andy lets the wide player, because let's be honest, everybody can say anything about Cooper. That is his wide player. Doesn't yeah. matter. So he's got to be inside him. Never let the wide player inside you, and then you're on the back foot. You know, um, and that that was a big big problem for us because when you're playing against big uh, good players they can handle the ball then. And I've always said that at international level. If you cannot handle the ball under pressure and make passes, you know, at certain periods in the game, you're going to struggle. And that's why I don't think we're that good at that. Do you think from the first goal, it's probably an error from the back line that they just played differently for their clubs? Because if you look at it, Andy Robertson plays a high line, you see him with his hand up. And obviously you've got Hanley that might play a little bit deeper because he plays with Norwich. And maybe Cooper also that plays with that high line like Jesse Marsh. Jink, just sometimes they go into that natural instinct of playing for their club and maybe that was a miscommunication. I don't think. I think you look at, I think Ancelotti spoke about it in the European finally talked about defensively it's about organisation. When you've got possession of the ball, it's about the good players do what they feel is the right thing at that moment in time. If I'm Andy Robertson, I know it's their own choice to step up. If I'm Cooper, it's their own choice to step up. You learn as a kid, if the, the player's got his head up and get time on the ball, he's got time to lift his head, you drop. Because if you don't, the ball's going behind you. And with that quality, and don't get me wrong, Yarmolenko's touching that's magnificent. He's still got a lot to do. People think it was, it was a fantastic run. But as a defender, you have to be deeper than that. Blocking him off, he never gets inside you. Because remember, they'd one striker. We'd three centre-halves plus a fullback. Yeah. Ukraine were good they they looked a fantastic team full of great individual players I just wonder though I, I take your point Peter with your comments that you kicked off with but how much on the night did Scotland make Ukraine look actually better than they are I mean I, I got the feeling that they strolled through the game that Scotland never really troubled them greatly yeah, I think you got to put that down to we've probably never really been fast starters, if I'm honest. And then Ukraine have obviously punished us on that. Um, the, the warning signs were there probably. They, they, they had Gordon make the save. It was a bit high, tipped over the bar. Was it getting in? You know, it was a, a, 
a, a cut back sort of pass across the box um, from the right hand side uh, Robertson side obviously sorry and then obviously from Hickey when the, it fell to Yarmolenko and Gordon makes a terrific save but yeah we, we've not been blessed I think during Steve Clark's era to, to start really ferociously um, so I, I don't think we can expect to start the game that way usually we tend to find a way into the game and you hear Steve Clark talk about it he was wanting to stay in the game as long as we can if it was at 1-0 because they, they knew that they would tire and I think we had probably a 20-25 a minute spell where we had them on the ropes a bit and we looked as if maybe it was a change of shape that helped that with um, playing like a, a a 4-2-3-1 sort of formation I think um, we put McTominay into the midfield and then Hickey and Robertson could then play their more natural position mm. and get and get higher up the pitch and, and, and come on to the game so yeah no listen I think we just didn't work the press right especially in the first half and Steve Clark tried to rectify that and before you know it 47-48 minutes on the clock we're 2-0 down yeah OK, we're going to talk loads, obviously, in the next couple of hours um, about Scotland, about that uh, World Cup letdown last night. Uh, you can have your say as well, 0808 17 17 700. If you want to uh, join the conversation on the socials at Go Football Show, if you just want to uh, send us a comment. But there is a, uh, a big story that's broken in Scottish football today. Um, it shouldn't really be a big story, but the way things are, it is. Um, uh, it makes headlines because um, two Scottish referees today became the first uh, to come out publicly as gay. Category 1 officials Craig Napier and Lloyd Wilson follow footballers Josh Cavallo and Jake Daniels uh, in coming out. Uh, Craig Napier said he was inspired by the player's decision, um, believes it's time to see the climate change within the sport. It's something that I never thought I'd be sitting here doing, he told the, the Scottish FA. Very pleased to say that we have got uh, Lloyd Wilson with us on the, the Go Radio Football show right now, who referees in the Lowland League, Lloyd, I think I'm right in saying. It's really good to have you on the show. Uh, hi Rob, yeah, it's great It's great to be on the show Yeah, I, I referee generally League 1, League 2 matches uh, Occasionally operate a sports official in the um, Premiership Right So um, hopefully I can continue to try and climb up anyway <laughs> Yeah um, How how scary uh, was this to to actually take the step of going public? Um. To be honest, Rob, I don't think I can find words for it. I mean, this has been going on. I'm not sure if you've seen my, um, you know, video on Back On Side YouTube channel. However, it's been years and years and years, to be honest. Um, however, over the last three weeks, I've been working really closely with Crawford Allen, Head of Refereeing, um, and I suppose preparing for, for this story, preparing to mm-hmm. share this with. Um, with the public, really, um, and, and hope that I can exp- that I can inspire not just people within the football and fraternity, but people as a whole. I, I think there's still, you know, a lot of apprehension from people, and, and you know, I was one of them. I mean, you know, I said right at the start, Chris, that this this shouldn't be a big story, oh. but it, but it is a big story, and and obviously, um, lots of people are still living a lie, and they they feel unwilling to to be, go public with what their sexuality. Yeah, and it's a shame, really, and also that, and it doesn't matter whether what job title it is. You know, they should still come out and be comfortable in what they they want to be. I mean, there must, um, there must be loads of there must be loads of footballers. Yeah, well, there, there, there must be, and I think you know Scott Daniels came out 
Jake. Uh, Jake. And was it Scott Daniels that came out? And Jake. Said, oh, sorry, Jake Daniels came out and said that. Said that he was he was openly gay. Credit to him and another player as well. So, you know, hopefully this is a you know start something that, that's really refreshing. If I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, so uh, he said that he was um, managing, um, refereeing in League One and League Two. So maybe I might see him soon. You just <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, Chris Mark could could be heading your way soon. I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, I'm going yeah, to still give yeah. no matter what a referee sticks. So just be prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in no, I'm in no doubt about that, Chris. No doubt there at all. How many people, Lloyd? How you? Know, how much is this the the tip of the iceberg? Yourself and Craig. Uh, coming out today, and I'm talking not just about referees, but but right through Scottish football. Yeah, I think obviously I can only comment myself, Rob. But I obviously know Craig um, through refereeing, um, but I can only comment myself. Really, I mean, it's it's for for everybody. Everybody has an individual story. I think I, w- I would first of all say, you know, this isn't a sort of cut and dry thing for anybody. Um, I, I mean, I'm in no doubt that there's people across. England, Scotland, Ireland and Wales that are players, that are officials, that are working for clubs, whatever that may be, who who don't feel able and don't feel comfortable to be themselves. Um, it was only 24 hours ago that I was pulling the plug in this whole story because I thought, you know, if I do go ahead with it, you know, am I going to... Am I going to still be viewed the same? Am I going to be viewed differently? Um, I, I suppose what, I, what I've said in my interview, which was really difficult, I mean, I've done the interview with Alison Walker, you know, a, a well-known um, sports journalist as well. And I suppose my, my major apprehension here is that I don't want to be viewed differently than what I was last season. You know, yeah. people have views on me as, as a referee. Some people, you know, will, will think, yeah, he's all right as a referee, and other people think, no, he's an awful referee, you know, and that that's part of refereeing mm. um, and part of decision-making, and, and I'm fine with that. But like probably Josh Cavallo and Jake Daniels, we want to be judged for our performance on the pitch, and that's what I am urging the fans to do, supporters to do. I'm confident um, Scottish football is heading in the right direction when it comes to diverse issues. Um, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be having this discussion with you today. Um, so, so I am confident that that momentum is starting to pick up in the right way. And and again, Rob, I know we spoke briefly earlier, um, but the reaction that I have had from um, people on on Instagram, for example, people that I know, um, has been absolutely exceptional. I, I, to be honest, I've not had one negative comment. Um, you know, so I hope that doesn't mean the floodgates are open for negative <laughs> comments. But um, but you know, it, it, I'm really, really, um, I suppose Craig would, would likely say the same. Really honoured that I can, that I've now got the strength that I suppose I can hope that the momentum here will start to pick up and mm. this can become normal in, in our game. And I say our game is in Scottish football. Do, do you? I mean, you've had a really positive reaction. Today, do, do you still have a bit of trepidation about your next game, uh, your next match as a as a referee, as an official? Um, well, I think my first match back is going to be a testimonial. Um, Stephen Stringlehurst down at Annan, it's his testimonial. So um, I suppose maybe a, an easier bed in than you would you'd maybe traditionally expect at the League Cup, for example. So that might be a nice occasion just to get back into it. I think you know I'd, I'd be lying if I said that that I wasn't thinking about it a little bit um, given that, that that obviously the reaction of supporters etc was something that, that I did consider a, a worry 
Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've been to one of my games, but I get roared at anyway. And, <laughs> you know, all referees get shouted at. Yeah. So, so I suppose, um, I, I suppose what I did also say in my interview was. When we had lockdown, I found games extremely boring. You know, competitive games felt like friendlies. And it was at that point I really realised how important the supporters were. And, you know, I'm not worried about it. Um, I I was apprehensive previously, but I'm not worried about it. Like I said previously, I I think Scottish fans will will embrace this. You know, I, I think most people will be sitting here listening to me now going, why are you on the radio talking about this? We don't really care about that. And actually, that's the response that that I want because you're right earlier, it shouldn't be a news story. But the reality is, it still is a news story. And that's the problem. Lloyd, um, credit to you for, for, for doing that. And obviously you said 40 hours, you know, you were thinking about pulling the plug. But what advice could you give to someone that's probably thinking about coming out and still scared about actually delivering it to the to the media and thinking about how other people think about them? Because let's face it, you know, you and and other other players and other referees are not, are not the only ones. So if you could be any give any sort of advice to the to the rest of the, to the rest of people out there that are wanting to come out and say that they're that they're gay? How would you how would you approach that to them? I, I think Chris, you know, for me, it's been a long, long journey. I've known, you know, probably since about fifteen or something like that, or or maybe slightly before that. That I've always known that something was different, um, and I'm just being brutally honest about that. I've always known that 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 you know, from a younger age that I felt different, I suppose, in some ways. And, um, you know, I've obviously now plucked up the courage to, to come out and, and be myself. And I suppose what I would say to those people, those players and spect- whoever it is, because there's going to be lots of people probably sitting on maybe on this call listening. What I'd say is they have to accept themselves first. Um, and that take, that can take a very, very long time. And once you've accepted yourself, I think it's at that point it becomes easier. It becomes easier to talk about the subject. Chris, it used to be only a few years ago that if someone started talking about, you know, someone who was gay, I would turn the channel over. Or, you know, I, I spoke about in my interview, I used to go on lads' holidays with, you know, a group of boys every year. And, you know... You're sitting there thinking exactly, you know what I'm talking about, what goes on in lads' holidays, we all do. Um, and I was put in positions, or I put myself in positions that that, that were horrific, you know, that I didn't want to be in. Um, so what I'd say is the main bit of advice for me, for, for people is, you know, you have to accept yourself. And then secondly, once you've done that, confine in someone. Confine in someone that you trust, and that person is most likely... Maybe not even going to be a close friend. It could be someone that you know at work. It could be someone that you know, you know, at a local shop. It could be anyone that that you maybe don't have that majorly close relationship with. Because sometimes that's also scary. And then the, the final part is the whole media part, if that's what someone chooses to do. And the reason why I'm doing this is because the terror that I lived, I lived it for too long, and. I really, really hope that people hear the positive reactions that I've had um, and hopefully break some of those stereotypes. I hope I'm trying to break um, and I hope the momentum will keep up and I hope people will then feel confident enough to, to see this as just a normal walk of life. Hopefully that, that's, that's the aim. 
Lloyd's hoping, uh, Peter, that the climate is changing. Do you think it is? Um, first of all, Lloyd, congratulations. I think it's, people used to say a brave thing to do. I'm just delighted you've done it because the bottom line is it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be a story. And I'm sure that's the way it's going to go. And I'm sure there'll be lots of boys out there feeling the same way and girls. They'll be feeling the same way, you know, and... As I say, you, people have got to start doing it, start talking about it, moving on so it doesn't even become a story. So when you're talking about going up to your first game or whatever, whatever games you go to, people don't even mention it. It becomes that the referees, whatever it is anyway, because you, you know what you're going to be shouted at anyway, whether <laughs> yeah. you were gay or whatever. And as I say, I think it's the, the modern day now, we have to trust people's thoughts because there's a lot of the mental health that goes on. You can mm. imagine people struggling badly. You know, COVID has been a horrendous time for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's given you a lot of people time on their own. And I could only imagine what that feeling was like for yourself when you were still yeah. having these feelings and saying, when will, I, when will I do it? When will I announce it? When will this? And that should never be the case for anyone because we're always talking to people to be open. You know, what's the matter with them? And sometimes it's too late. You know, it's too late by the time they yep. ended up doing something silly, you know, unfortunately. And as I say, great credit to you. We've got to tip your hat to you. But as I say, it shouldn't be a problem. And God willing, we will not even mention this even when the season starts. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. when it comes around to the, the, the game, you're, yeah, when the season starts, first division games, second division games, it doesn't matter. You know, whatever you are, mm. you know, you're on, you're there to play football. If it wasn't for referees, we wouldn't have the game of football. Mm. I've moaned it every day of my life, referees, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know what it's like. So... I wouldn't do it for all the, the team in the world, you know what I mean? So Yeah, you can give thanks, uh, Lloyd, that, Lloyd, that Peter's not on the pitch anymore. <laughs> <Absolutely>. because, uh, <laughs> I'm worse on the side, let me tell you. <laughs> no, but as I say, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for you, and as I say, hopefully it makes you feel better in yourself, and I'm sure your family would be so proud of you, the fact that you've come out that way, so great credit to you, and yep. I'm sure you'll be a great success in your job now, because it'll give you that wee bit more relief as well. And, and just finally, Lloyd, um, it's been really good to talk to you, and, and hopefully we can talk to you uh, in more detail and more depth a, a little bit. But later, you know, down the line, because it's a subject that's so important uh, to have on air. Uh, you want the momentum to be maintained from from this point, don't you? You, you want there to be much 100%. more freedom about people being able to be what they want to be. Hundred percent, and I think Peter touched on a couple of points there, uh, Rob, that were that are really really crucial. Um, you know. At, Thankfully, I've always had people around me and I've never been lonely in that sense. However, even when you do have people around you, I think people that have maybe only lived what I have lived will realise that you do sometimes still feel that lonely that lonely way. So although you have people around you, you can still feel incredibly lonely. And I think, you know, um, you know if it wasn't for the, the charity back on side, then, you know... And if it wasn't for my partner Hamish, who's who's completely been an integral to support to this, then well, I might not have been here to tell this story. Yeah. But you're right; the momentum needs to keep up, and I'll do whatever I can to ensure that's um, maintained. Well done, you. Yeah. And congratulations, uh, Lloyd. Congratulations. Congrats. And we'll hopefully uh, speak to you again very soon, Lloyd. All the best. Yep. Perfect. Thanks very much. Cheers. Take care. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! 
The Go Radio Football Show on a Thursday with Peter Grant, Chris Burke and Rob McLean. And feel free to get in touch with us if you want to talk. Well, you can talk about anything, to be perfectly honest, including uh, Scotland last night. It was 3-1. It could have been worse against Ukraine at Hamden. It was uh, an emotional night. It was an incredible occasion. Uh, Scotland, as Andy Robertson put it, didn't turn up. Uh, Ukraine certainly did and uh, they put smiles on faces uh, last night uh, and it was great to see that sea of blue and yellow at Hamden last night and, and the react, the interaction between Scotland fans and Ukrainian fans, Chris um, it was it was fantastic It was nice to see, it was a great touch and obviously Scotland done everything they can for Ukraine to be best prepared for this match, um, I think they had a couple of friendlies before it and that probably helped them obviously deliver the, the, the 2-0 probably um, after, just after the second half but for Scotland you know as much as I was smiling before the game I was definitely not smiling after it because it was it was disappointing um, but we go again we have to go again and I'm sure Steve Clark can get behind his team and lift them and as I said we have to suffer together for these 24-40 hours they'll do that but then they'll have to then think about the Nations League yeah, and and it could have been a an after the Lord Mayor show scenario in the in the Nations League had Scotland got to Cardiff, and it was all about qualifying for the World Cup, and and these Nations League games were shunted into the background, Peter, in, in many respects. Suddenly, they're a very much back centre stage for us because it's a it's a means of qualification, isn't it? One hundred percent. I was involved in it, the qualifications mm. the last time, so I know how difficult league games are. Um, I keep going back but people saying it was an emotional night for Ukraine it was an emotional night for Scotland mm-hmm. you know you're going to a World Cup you know you're that close so the emotion our players should be playing with that emotion all the time it was an honour and a privilege to pull on your Scottish jersey I think there's definitely a difference nowadays I must admit you know and uh, with the national team because of the amount of games you have this one was slightly different this was like a, a cup final for us really in one respect you know you, mm-hmm. it was a two-legged cup final one you go and play your Ukraine you win it you've got a chance to go and play against Wales and what an atmosphere that would have been but I think we just didn't play well enough we can talk about the emotion of Ukraine I can take that away I just think Ukraine's good players there is absolutely no doubt of that and we didn't play well enough we didn't dominate the middle of the pitch as I said at the start we played with players and it's difficult because Stevie's had certain guys training at a certain time other guys coming a wee bit later because they've been playing in different mm-hmm. games and whatever and that's never easy and that's one thing I found when I was involved in the national team we'd turn up on a Sunday and the first full training session we would have was a Wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. and the game would be on the Thursday people think you've got all that preparation you don't you don't have the squad together and it's really really difficult and I could imagine it'd been a really difficult build up for this for Steve probably the Ukraine's been together that wee bit longer because mm-hmm. there was obviously Zivchenko and that was still playing late on but apart from that there wasn't a lot they still had a lot of games so they've been together as a team for a period of time and you could see that the way they played and we had a lot of guys that hadn't been playing games of football Billy Gilmore when he was at his best was playing games of football whether he was in the Chelsea team or when he was in Norwich at first he was playing a lot of games but he's been out injured for a period of time and you could see that I thought we're overrunning there I'd have moved McGregor back and I'd have played with one in there that was my opinion I'd have played with sort of like a shaped diamond in there if mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. with one, one off the striker McGregor a little bit deeper because he's been magnificent at that for Celtic at, in the top, top games you know under severe pressure and I'm just sure Billy's a terrific young player I think it was a day of rest for him to be perfectly honest with you to get that fitness up because it was such a big game and that's why I felt 
strange with the two strikers because there was two McTominay playing all the time 99% of the time he's a, a midfield for Manchester United he's playing at the back there's a change and if the one thing he's got is legs I'm not saying he's a fantastic um, door opener he's not as good on the ball as Billy and whatever but he's got energy and when you're getting overrun sometimes you need that energy in there so we missed him for being at the back and not being in the middle of the pitch so all these things didn't work mm-hmm. and Steve will look at that because he knows the game inside out he's worked with the best coaches he's worked under the best coaches and he's a terrific coach himself he's proven that but on the night we just didn't play well enough forget the emotion because you're an emotional you don't, so, so you don't think that Scotland were distracted by the occasion last night? No I just don't think we were good enough and I think Ukraine were much better they had much better movement all over the pitch they handled the ball much better than we did and I've always said that at international level if you can't handle the ball well you never get a breather Andy Robertson caught out of position because when he's at Liverpool he can run forward you know because and Van Dijk's covering absolutely yeah. but also the fact that they can retain possession a little bit more so mm. they're hemming you in the forwards are allowing you back in we turn the ball out and all of a sudden everybody out of position you know, because mm-hmm. we turned it over that often, so we're never retaining the ball enough to get people back, back into positions or hold people up. I mean, let's be honest, you look at the amount of chances, apart from John's chance with the header, mm. you know, I can't really remember any other chances. No. You look at Ukraine's chances, mm. you know, I thought our set plays were really poor. We've done the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. We see the keeper coming and punching, I know Graham Soonis mentioned it as well, but I think anybody could have seen that last night put the keeper under pressure and especially with John McGinn with a left foot that he's got who can deliver right under the mm. bar How long did it take us to ask a question of their goalkeeper who looked really really vulnerable I think, didn't he? Callum McGregor shot I, I, I think <laughs> it was when Callum McGregor pressed when he pressed uh, Stepanenko Stepanenko mm. played a horrible back pass to the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and it nearly went in and it went uh-huh. out for a corner yeah. um, I think that kind of gave us a lift a little bit yeah. didn't it? Uh, from that but yeah the goalkeeper is definitely the weak link you must say Pierre he was awful he looked like a junior goalkeeper if I'm honest with but you didn't catch the ball that, you take that Chris then but we didn't have enough chances to get no. him because we never had the ball enough they could maintain mm-hmm. the ball we kept turning it over we were going longer or whatever it doesn't matter if you go longer you've got to be able to play at that level international level I've seen it with my own eyes when we played against certain teams and I thought us as media or even because uh, we went to Kazakhstan Israel we forget all these teams that boys are playing in Germany Yeah, they're good you know players. they're playing in Italy sometimes we look at the name and we think well they're no good but then you look at the teams they're playing for that's quite incredible so they're playing in the highest leagues against the, the best players in the European leagues week in week out and we just didn't perform well enough we didn't, we, and as I say it's a big problem we have we don't have that movement people coming in off the line playing in the wee pockets because that's a game understanding as an individual managers can set you up and all that but then you've got to have the players that can be able to see them and smell the wee opportunities like um, like Christy absolutely like, like, yeah, I think you're right like, look we, at Yarmolenko people say yeah. can he run oh. <laughs> his positional play last night was unbelievable Zivchenko yeah. never gave the ball away all night and I know he plays with Manchester City but the reason he doesn't give the ball away because he's got other players. Billy Gilmore never gave the ball away when he played with, Man- uh, with Chelsea. Mm. Because he's got fantastic players who are all moving, they're all, always available, yeah. they're always in the space. I never seen that was last night. That was a big, big disappointment for me. We never maintained that. And I'm not saying the boys are no good players. I just felt the mix wasn't right in the game last night you, for that particular Do you match. think then, obviously, the, the, the midfield three at Ukraine were terrific, yep. but the, the, the four behind were probably finding... The, the starting point of Stepanenko do you think it was then difficult for Scotland playing three at the back for day three to find the deep line midfielder of Scotland then because maybe it's a bit easier to play in a back four to then find 
the number six. Well, what, what, you, what you've got the problem with is if they play a, a, a sort of deep line number four, as we want to call them nowadays, uh-huh. if they've got a number four in there and you have two strikers are straight up the pitch, the number four is always available. If you don't, you put one of your midfielders in there as a ten, as in if you're playing with two strikers instead of having three flat midfielders, as in one a little bit deeper, two at the stadium, all of a sudden you've got two sitters and maybe John will go in there. Now all of a sudden they were that good. Then uh, Yarmolenko would come in off the side of the pitch yeah. and he had acres because okay. he's going under the game then. And they just know that. They sensed that on the pitch where the space was. And that's what you have to do. They have to move you about and we didn't do that. And I thought it was always going to have a problem as I mentioned last week. If you play two strikers and you go overrun in the middle of the pitch, at that level, you don't get a chance to come back in. Mm. And then because Stevie had to change it, as I say, with Dyke going off, then you don't have that target player if you have to go longer in the game later on and by that time then you're putting centre-halves up more and it's not a natural thing for them but just, I can understand the it would have been why. interesting to see if, if Dykes didn't get booked would they have kept him on and took yeah. Adams off mm-hmm. you know because as you said you need to at least Dykes was winning his headers yeah. wasn't he nah, whereas Che Adams probably doesn't a win a big percentage when it's played up she, she wants to be I mean we've watched him long enough Alec tried to get him to get him with the Scotland team at the time and whatever and he still a chance to get him so we see him quite a lot and he likes that one he's shoved in and he's got the power to run away from you. That was his game. He wants to be running towards the, the goal. He's not a link player as in coming in and drop him into the pockets and then be like, people would say a modern day Wayne Rooney because that's what Manchester United had to do. I remember, and I'm no name dropping here when I spoke to Sir Alex Ferguson about it, I was asking him about... Go on, Ned. I, I was asking him about the Rooney situation mm-hmm. and the reason he was, he said, Rooney was a 10 who was a 9 really. You know, and he said, but I had to do that. He said, because we two wingers always... And we always had two strikers. He said, all of a sudden we went to Europe and us as Manchester United were getting overrun. And it doesn't matter, you can't have a 3 3 2 in there. He yeah. said, so Rooney done it naturally. He was hungry enough to be drop in and get the ball on that 10 position. But if the ball went wider, went in the box, he became a number nine. We don't have that type of player. And that is a problem if you're playing at that level because if you're giving up the middle of the pitch, as I say, the best players sense where the space is. They see it on the pitch. They don't need the manager to tell them. If they play three in and they do this, play there because there's this gap in there. If they're playing a back three, the middle one's too deep. And you know you've got this, but you've got to be able to see that as a footballer on the pitch. And I thought they were so much better at that. And that's not a criticism. The only thing, as I say, I, I, I started with a number 10 instead of two nines. That's the thing I said. But then you have to have your good players playing really well and we didn't have that last night. What could the scoreline have been? Last night, if 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 it was to be an accurate representation of that match last night, what, match. What, what would the scoreline have been? Well, I think, think Craig Gordon stayed us a good few times, and I think I I remember Callum McGregor making a, a long busting run where the yeah. the player and they they missed a couple of big chances thing. as yeah, well, did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Yala Malenko had a shot as well. Ball get flashed across the face, and he goes in at the back. Could it have been four or five nil? It, listen, it could have been, but listen, it wasn't. Mm. You know, and we were still in the game even at two one. I was just really disappointed in the second goal because. You start the second half, you're 1-0 down and we concede straight away mm. and it kills the whole game plan if you really think about it because Christie's on that pitch to affect the game in a different sort of way. As um, Peter said, you know he's putting him in the number 10 position which will then hopefully give us more advantage in the middle area of the pitch and you're 2-0 down and even probably Christie's thinking, where do we go from here? Because you're chasing the game a little bit. No matter what level you play at, at 2-0, you're chasing the game a little bit. You're Especially playing a little bit different so well. what you normally play. You know, if you go 2-0 down and team can handle the ball well, I used to go to Europe with Celtic and because we played with two wingers when I started playing, we played with two wingers and two centre-forwards. The two wingers were on the touchline. David Proven was one of them and mm. TB was the other one on the opposite side mm. and they played right out in the touchline and the two centre-forwards would be looking back at the game. It didn't matter who we played. 
we get hammered away from home. Yeah. Hammered and hardly lost a game at home in Europe. But it felt like 5v2. I know I've been there as a player and it felt like a 5v2 in the middle of the pitch. And you're thinking, I'm chasing shadows here. You know, and I just felt we, we were miles off it in the respect of that. But we've, we've got to give great credit, as I say, to Ukraine. I thought it had been more emotional and tiring than for them, mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. You know, they we were, were inspired, the, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, we were the team that looked a wee bit leggy in the respect of that. And people, I don't mean tired with that because I know how uh, Graham Jones and that look after the players fantastically well. They're brilliant at it. But the biggest thing is when you're chasing the ball, it makes you look tired. When you're no in the wee pockets to pick up the spaces, they played inside the game. We always get told, member, make the game big in that. Mm-hmm. They played inside the game. So if they lost possession, they were round about you, hurrying you up to, to make sure you changed it back over quickly again. And then they would keep it for a few minutes or whatever. And every time, it could have been more. I think the thing Stevie will look back at as a coach, I thought defensively, every time there was a counter, we lost change possession over, we looked vulnerable. They looked vulnerable. All there were spaces everywhere, yeah. and I think that's something I look back. Even the one you're talking about, McGregor and back. You know, there was another one. The boy was offside. Yeah. You know, we're facing our own goal. And the one thing you're always saying to defenders, <laughs> you should be facing opposition's goal. We weren't. We were putting our hand up, hoping we were going to go offside yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And everything start, starts to go then. And I've been in there. I've been there myself. Blunt and hell, we were three nothing down in Kazakhstan. So I know exactly yeah. what it's like because we played a completely new back four. A goalkeeper, I think, was making his debut. You know, and I know you can have all the plans in the world. And within a, a jig time, all of a sudden, it comes. It seems like a completely different game. And we just didn't play well enough on the night. And I still say, don't forget all the players. I don't think we have the quality I've always said that can handle the ball enough, which you have to do in the top European games, whether you're playing with your club side or your national side. That's not the way we play. We always think we talk about heart, power, fight, physical, closing, pressing. But you've got to be able to handle the ball to be successful. And I just, because if the game's going against you, you've got to be able to do that. It's your essential analysis of uh, Scotland losing to Ukraine last night. Our World Cup dream is over. It's down to the Nations League next Wednesday night. That kicks off. Uh, 0808 17 17 700. If you want to join in the football chat, Craig's going to do just that after these. With Macklin Motors. Motability offers from nil advance payment. Visit MacklinMotors.com for more info. Let's go. On go. Let's go. Junction away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Can I just say, Chris, that. That's a cargo bag. I'm, I'm, I'm going to swap those teeth back with you. These ones are not, these ones are not working. Amazing. It's the Go Radio Football Show. Chris Buck, Peter Grant, Rob, Rob McLean. Um, and we're talking Scotland, naturally enough, on the back of that really uh, disappointing night at Hamden last night. 3 1 Ukraine. They go on to Cardiff on Sunday to play Wales for a place in Qatar in November, uh, December. For us, it's all about the Nations League now. We'll need to get on with it. Uh, we're back on the horse, I think, as Stevie Clark uh, said um, last night in search for another phrase, I think, at the time. But we're back on the horse and uh, let's hope uh, we can get some uh, Nations League points on the board. So let's get Craig in Cumbernauld into the conversation. Hi, Craig. Hi, Rob. Kiss and Peter. How are you doing? Hi, Hi Craig. How are you yeah. doing? What are you thinking? Majorly disappointed um, last night. I've got to be Really, honestly, I thought that was probably the worst performance I've seen us put in under Steve Clark, particularly at home. Um, I think, yes, obviously we keep going and we try and get you know through the Nations League and into the Euros, but you know the World Cup is where you want to play. Because let's be honest here, 
it's probably harder to not qualify for the Euros these days. You know, in all reality, um, you've got that many chances to do it that I would certainly suggest we probably will get there again. But the World Cup is where you want to go. And to go into a game of that magnitude last night and freeze, basically, the way the players did, I, I just don't know what that performance was about. I mean, you know, a rather cynical friend of mine said that uh, with the emotion and all the rest of it, everything that was going on in Ukraine, that what Scotland done last night was the equivalent of a boxer in the ring taking a dive. Um, you know, that's how it felt, because they just didn't feel like they were playing with that passion that we've seen them play for so long. You know, they had been in a pretty good run of form uh, in recent international games, and it didn't feel like they were playing with that same energy, that same passion to, and the will to go and win. Because we have to remember, whatever else is going on in the world, and we all have sympathy for Ukraine. This is football, and we were at home last night. And we played that game like it was Ukraine who were at home and, you know, we were just going to be, have to get caught up in, in their atmosphere and everything going on with them. And that is that is not the way to approach a, a game of football like that. Um, and I think, we, you know, defensively we were poor, but I also think up front we offered nothing. You know, we didn't really force their keeper into making any good saves. Yes, McGregor just about gets the ball over the line. But even after that, it didn't really feel like we were going to score because we just couldn't get there okay McGinn is probably the, the standout where you think he should score that but the game was done at that point for me because as soon as you concede what three four minutes into the second half I mean yeah it was one of those ones and you try and keep obviously you know keep the confidence going that we've had in the face we've had but that did just dent a wee bit of my belief personally Um were there and, shades and of the over. Were there shades of the game against the Czech Republic for you, Craig? The the opening game at the Euros, a big occasion, and Scotland really struggled to get started in that game. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's you know that's exactly what it was shades of because it was a big occasion, and again, you know, they just didn't step up to it. Look, it's tough with that pressure on you. It's tough when you know that. Let's be brutally honest. Everybody that wasn't a Scotland fan wanted you to lose the game. You know with that backdrop it's always going to be tough. But these guys get paid millions of pounds of you know, every year or every week, you know, so they should be able to handle that and that's something we have to get better at. But I think Steve Clark, if I'm honest with you, needs to get better at that as well, because I thought he got his tactics tactics woefully wrong yesterday. I, I couldn't understand and I s I don't think any of us do why he insists in playing Scott McTominay as a defender. He's not a defender. He doesn't play that role at Manchester United, he plays as a sort of defensive midfielder. And although he's not had a great season at Man United, that's where he is at his best. You know, he had options to put in there and he's decided mm. to put a you know, a square peg in a round hole for no reason, really. And I think that's probably one of the frustrations as well. Do you think, Peter, do, do you think last night maybe proved once and for all, I mean, he's made mistakes defensively before Scott McTominay, maybe not surprisingly, because he's not, that's not his trade, that's not his week-to-week trade, a defender. Uh, he was obviously culpable at goal number two last night. Do you think that could be the end of Scott McTominay in a back three? I don't think so because Steve likes him playing there and he's done it right away as soon as he came in and taking the job after Alex and myself and that were there so I understand why the reasons why he does it mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it because I think he's got the energy to play in the middle of the pitch if he's going to play anywhere he's got to play in the middle of the pitch I think players will tell you that when they turn up for the national team they're turning up for the business because of the way they do for their, their club side and predominantly as Craig says that, that's the middle of the pitch and I felt we needed that energy in there because mm-hmm. if Jenko was running the show so he, he can... Craig Brown used to say, kill the chief, you know, so all of a sudden you see Javchenko's running the show, put Scott McTominay near him, 
get closer to him. We're not caring. Listen, we maybe take you out the game in the respect of that. Uh, you know what you're, what you're going to produce for us. But your big role here is to go and make sure that he's not dominating the game. Because he dominated the game, he got his head up, he made passes, he kept control of the game, when he lost possession of the game, all of a sudden they were looking for him and he was always finding a space to go on it. And sometimes you've got to sacrifice one, and Craig had a great saying, that kill the chief first. And after a wee while you could sense that Zivchenko was the one that was loading it all the time, yeah. when he was passing. And that's probably why I'd have played McTominay in there. As I said, I'd have played the extra midfielder in there because of the modern day, I think. Even if they sh- you swing it round and Scotland play with the extra midfielder in there and we had the more bodies in there, we've got players then that's capable of finding that wee bit of space and making the wee passes. So you've got to do that. You don't try and be clever because we're playing against good players. We've got to respect that. All the other players, you've got to remember if you're through it and you say, well, one's at Manchester United, one's at Liverpool, one's at Celtic, whatever. You, you keep me through it. So they're all playing with big clubs who are used to pressure. We just did, they just didn't perform on the night and I've been there many, many times. I know what it's like. You know, it just doesn't happen. As I say, everybody, what's happening in the outside world in the respect that everybody wants Scotland to be beat last mm. night, you don't feel that as a player or you don't feel that as a coach on the, the, the pitch. You genuinely don't. It makes you more determined to win mm. in, in some respects, but it doesn't have any effect on you. You know, and... I just feel it was a really disappointing performance. We didn't handle the ball well enough, and I keep going back to it. If you don't do that at national level, you have a problem. If you don't do it in the top European games, you have a problem. And we didn't do that well enough last night. And by that time, we turned the ball over too many times. Robertson, that's caught up the pitch. Masses of gaps, as I say, and obviously basic errors. We've got Cooper Nat who's not played a lot of games this season. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember that as well. So it's not as easy just to step back and think everyone's going to be perfect. Steve's not had them round about and I told you the problems would turn up with national football now. But on the night we weren't good enough but I agree with Craig 100% it was an opportunity to get to go and play Wales. Mm-hmm. You know, to qualify for World Cup. See, we're two games away from that. And we're all Scotland supporters and that's why we're all frustrated because mm-hmm. it'd been nothing better being part of a World Cup you know, and that's that's the disappointment when everybody's there in November and we're not part of it and the Tartan Army's not part of it. It's, that's always the big letdown. And I'm talking from a football point of view because I've been in the same situation as a player and I've been there, you know, as a coach. And I know how difficult it is to prepare for every single game differently. But the big thing you're always hoping your players are going to turn up and perform. That is the biggest thing once yeah. the whistle goes and we just didn't do that last night. This was Stevie Clark afterwards. He was asked if this was if that was his lowest moment as Scotland manager. No, I've had some low moments. Like I said, when, when I first came into the job, there were some very low moments. Uh, and we've, we've left those days behind, I think. I really do. Uh, we've improved a lot. I'm sad. I'm sad for the players because we wanted to go to the World Cup together. Uh, we can't do that. But we can't feel too sorry for ourselves. We're a work in progress. We want to get better. And hopefully they don't make me out to be a liar and they do qualify for another tournament. Chris, I'm sure they will. Chris, you, you know him better than most. How much will he blame himself for last night? Oh, 100% blame himself. When he, when he goes back, he'll analyse it with him and his coaching staff. And he'll probably know like the mistakes he, he, he probably made in the, whether it's formations, whether it's picking a certain sort of player and what position they should play. So... I still think we have to believe in him. And I know Craig's saying I've still got an element of doubt of Steve Clark, but you got to remember we were giving him so much praise before mm-hmm. this game. And sometimes, Peter says it, you just, it just happens to be that you just don't perform. Mm-hmm. And you actually go home to the hotel room and you think to yourself, what, what just happened there? What, what, how, why did I play that poorly? And you just can't put your finger on it. You know, Sometimes that's just what happens. But you got to remember also, I think we probably up Ukraine a little bit too much if I'm honest I think maybe we're a little bit too nice because you got to remember 
as soon as that came out, that we you came my face in Scotland, they were high fiving each other, mm-hmm. thinking that yes, we've got Scotland. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that, um, and we've unfortunately proved them right on that. But I just want to ask Craig, we've got beat Nations League now. What would you like to see against Armenia? Is it? Different personnel now, giving other people opportunities, different formation. Is it then putting McTominay back into the midfield area? What is it? I think absolutely it is. I think I would like to see some other personnel getting in, in, into the team and getting a game. I think I'd, I would like to see him put McTominay back in that more natural position. You know, I get he's, he's, he's been trying to do it since he's been there. It, it, it doesn't work. And I don't know how many poor games McTominay actually needs to have at defence before he actually decides he's no longer going to do it because he seems to be... And, and it's not, you know... I love the job that Steve Clark's done. You know, he took us to a tournament, albeit the performance in that tournament <clears throat> a bit like last night was nowhere near good enough for the players at that kind of stage, especially when we had two home games at it. But he got us there. Um, and the next step, obviously, is to get to another tournament and then go and win games at these tournaments. But... Next week he's got to do it. And I think the thing for me is he's almost fallen into a trap as well because every time you see a Scotland squad getting announced, there seems to be players missing that you can't quite understand why they wouldn't be there or when he's picking a starting lineup or even a squad for a match day and they're not in the squad and you think, what what is it they have to do? I mean, I look last night and I think, what what does Anthony Ralston actually need to do before Steve Clark gives him a proper game? I mean, he said, a, I'm saying this is a Rangers fan, by the way, but he said a magnificent season. For Celtic, absolutely magnificent. And if you contrast his performances this season with Cooper, who's obviously been out for all of the season, or with McTominay, or even Grant Hanley, it's he's clearly had a far, far better run of form than them. And he cannot seem to get in that team for loving their money. Um, We're, so, sorry, Craig, to, sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you. We're heading fast towards the, the news at six. Thanks for your call. As ever, Craig, uh, everyone's got an opinion, haven't they, about uh, who shouldn't have played, who should have played. Uh, we're all certainly all uh, together in disappointment on the back of what happened last night. And the question, I guess, is what happens next? What happens next for us is the news at six and another hour of football chat. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Buy your next car completely online at macklinmotors.com. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Listen anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808-1717-700. On the first day, it's Rob McLean, Peter Grant and Chris Burke in the studio. And uh, with Craig and Cumberland with us there just before the news, uh, talking inevitably about what happened at Hamden last night. Uh, but we need to kick on. We need to move forward. Uh, and there's not much time, really, to feel sorry for ourselves because it's Scotland Armenia uh, next Wednesday night at Hamden then Ireland and Dublin and then the away game 
against Armenia. Uh, three games in the space of a week for Scotland on the back of that big disappointment last night, which left uh, Stevie Clark scratching his head. We didn't pass the ball well enough in the first half. And that's also credit to Ukraine, the way they pressed us. They got on top of my two ball-playing midfield players and we couldn't, we couldn't really get out. Uh, I decided to make a change at half-time to try and address that and get another midfield player on the pitch and try and play through the lines. And before we have a chance to play with that system in the second half, we two goals down. And from there, was a long way back. Chris, how much do you freshen uh, for next Wednesday and how much do you give those guys from last night the chance to put things right? Um, I think probably Steve Clark's planned it um, before the Ukraine game. I would like to see you know certain players get a, get an opportunity. Um, I would like to see Christie start the match. I would like to see you know maybe Suter, Suter play Jack Henry also. Um, maybe Armstrong to start the match because I always think he plays really well for his country and always <laughs> finds himself on the substitute bench. So I think he'll he'll not change it drastically, but I think you might see maybe four changes. Before the news, Craig uh, was talking about Tony Ralston. He's a Rangers fan, Craig, but he was he was reckoning uh, Tony Ralston had a had a fair shout to have been involved last night. Peter, what do you think? Well, I think if you look at it, you'd have thought Stephen O'Donnell, Tony Ralston, especially playing the wing backs there with the experience they've got. Um, young Hickey has been playing the Serie A. He's played thirty odd games, I think, this season. But it's a massive game to put him in, and you know, and other boys have played it. And the young boy done nothing wrong. I mean, uh, no, no criticism of him. But I just felt, you know, it's very, very difficult. I, I thought we'd a lot of players were below their performance and their standard. Stevie will know that. But it puts Armenia game really difficult because it's mm-hmm. all right saying change quite a bit. I know when we were in the job, if we'd lost against Kazakhstan, the next game you're just desperate to get your strongest team out in the pitch, mm-hmm. you know, to try and get a victory. You know, that's what you've got to do as a Scotland manager. There's no getting away from that. It's not, but if you go and drop anything against Armenia, it becomes catastrophic in that respect and that's the way you're judged as the national team manager unfortunately and Stevie's done a fantastic job there's no getting away from that the players have done terrific but was, so I, was, I was listening to Stevie's interview talking about we didn't pass the ball well enough but didn't they have that team set up to able to pass the ball well enough mm-hmm. and that's not been disrespectful but as I said to you because you can only do that if you've got the AV links in the AV spaces and people talk about picking up pockets and whatever we don't play with the two strikers that we had none of them do it so it doesn't matter centre-halves are not the greatest on the ball and I've not been disrespectful to them you know They're, that's not their job in the respect that they'll play five-yard passes so all of a sudden you're looking so if I'm Ukraine I say well if the back three are no fantastic on the ball and it's only young Billy and Callum that's going to go on the ball mm-hmm. oh, well let's stop them playing exactly what I've saying about McTominay saying about Zavchenko see you're cute enough to do that so you've got to find somewhere else somebody else to produce and we never done we were able easily locked out so all we done was roll the ball back, roll it back to Craig Gordon who would kick it up the pitch and it doesn't allow you to start. And I know we had the same problems when we were there. We had it when we played against, like, say, Portugal or whatever and you were trying to say, well, listen, if we don't keep the ball at this level, we're going to get a doing, you know? And time and time again, even if you're trying to play out, you're going to make mistakes. By the time we make it, we had a few friendlies, we'd went to Mexico and all that and some it was good and then other times it didn't work and then everybody thinks you've got to revert back to going long and play with two strikers and think that the Scotland heart's going to win you games that only works so often you know mm. you've got to have more than that and Stevie's right they didn't pass the ball well enough they didn't keep it long enough and that gives you a lot of problems if you change the ball over at that level all of a sudden they're at you and we weren't like that when they turned the ball over at any time they won it back quickly they were close to us and really disappointed but the Armenia game 
becomes another yeah, the complexion's problem. changed yeah, on the back of last night, hasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the supporters will be desperate for a victory. They'll be getting in. They'll be flat because they're so close to a World Cup. And I can understand that, mm. you know. And, and we felt that uh, ourselves at times, you know. So we know what it was like. And it's nothing better when it's going the other way, mm -hmm. as we know. But when it's not going particularly well, you have to be saying, right, we've lost that one. Make sure we don't make it two in the bounds. And I think that's the... If I'm Stevie now, that's the one thing I'm thinking. Let's, get this, let's look at the boys over the training period here for the next uh, week or whatever it is let's see who's the best and who's in the best sort because this is a game that's got an added pressure on it mm. you know just because of the names Armenia more than anything else yeah it's not just personnel as you said Rob I think you might be thinking about changing the formation mm. you know I think just because I thought we played a little bit better when you went to four at the back and it might actually suit, suit us this time around um, you know you could have Ralston at right back you know you could put Hickey left back if you're going to rest Andy Robertson's played a lot of football um, you could play you know two holding midfielders um, you could put McTominay in there then you could put a Gilmore or McGregor whatever it is and then you could have you know McGinn Armstrong and Christie behind a striker um, it might work a little bit better you just don't know you might, you, might, you might be looking at that not just the change of you know personnel mm -hmm. because let's face it I think you know in that 3-5-2 or whatever for me the, the, the three at the back the wing backs you know tends to really work really well when Kieran Tierney's playing yeah. and I probably thought we, last, we missed if, him big yeah, time and we were always going to miss him before last night I thought we're, we were alright we're losing Kieran Tierney mm. but then after that I thought phew, he was a huge huge loss for me just and he, because and he, he allows Andy Robertson yeah. to bomb forward because yeah. yeah. he put Liverpool he just bombs forward and Kieran Tierney can sit behind and also Kieran Tierney does attack also but I just think it was Kieran Tierney Callum McGregor and Andy Roberts they all had a great relationship with each other sometimes Callum, Callum McGregor would um, drop back if Kieran Tierney was even further forward than Andy Roberts and, and I think he was a huge loss last night we, we did speak about that on the show in the build up to the game the fact that losing Kieran Tierney is not just being minus one of the best players in the team but also the impact that has on Andy Robertson's game Peter as well Rob it was a big question we were always asked when Alec was a manager about Tierney and Robertson, who's the best left back? Or you're shoehorning Andy in, because, or you're shoehorning Kieran in. But like the two best players in the respect of playing with the biggest clubs, mm -hmm. you know, playing in the English Premiership and doing ever so well, uh, Andy. And if you look at Andy on the, these heat maps they all do nowadays, Andy was in the exact same position for us as he was for Liverpool. It was incredible. You could have just put, obviously put tracing paper on it, but people couldn't see that. Mm -hmm. Or oh, you're forcing Kieran Tierney to play there. We thought a certainty. But what it allows you then is, because people say, when you, you change to a back four, the problem you've got is if one of your full back goes and the other one's not in a good position, in the modern day games, the strikers are so quick and so good. And when players see a pass, predominantly it's that we half diagonal over the, the, the centre back shoulder that gives you that wee bit of security to allow your wing backs to go. You look at last night, how many crosses did we get in quality crosses? You're playing with two centre forwards and you don't get many quality crosses in. So you're not getting up the pitch and you think that's where they're quite vulnerable. You think the middle of the pitch, all right, we didn't have enough of the ball to get it wide to cross it. Fine, no problem. So Stevie's trying to change that at half-time. OK, maybe people say the horse is bolted by then, but it doesn't matter. He's, tried to, he's seen that that was a problem. Mm -hmm. It was a problem I felt probably prior to the match and then I'd have changed it the other way if you needed to win it put mm. the two strikers on uh -huh. then yeah. you know because yeah. at least you're still in the game mm. but I can see the reason why he plays a back three you know and when I look through the Scotland team the only thing I'd have probably looked at last night Cooper's not played a lot 
And yet again, he comes in for a lot of criticism for Scotland supporters, and we gave him his opportunity to big Scott McKenna because he deserved it with his performances. Yeah. He's a natural left fitter in the respect to that, and he's just won promotion. He's flying. Flying. You know, Cooper has been out injured. His team's stayed up and he's played the last few games and whatever. But Scott's played the full season. Mm. And the championship, as Chris will tell you, is relentless. So his game legs are there. He was man of the match, wasn't man he? Man of the, the match. He's in some great positions. You know, he can hit the wee half diagonals. Mm-hmm. He can switch the ball because he's got a powerful left foot on him. So we can look at all these different things. I'm you, thinking, did you expect him to play? Yeah, yeah I did. I yeah. said that last week. Yeah. I thought you McKenna had play. played yeah. in the left hand side. Mm-hmm. And I thought Christie had played. That was my two sort of things in there. I know Grant Hanley plays in the back three for Scotland, but if Grant's not playing in the middle, I don't think he wants to play in the right-hand side because he doesn't trust himself in the respect of that with the use of the ball. And I think if you're playing with that, mm. and that's why I said I'd have played Jack Henry because he plays the European... And I know he makes errors and makes wrong choices at times, or John Suter. Uh, I don't know what John's fitness level was. Who was outstanding like. in yeah, the cup final? Yeah, exactly. Wasn't it? Yeah. But he's comfortable in possession of the ball. I keep going back to it. If you're playing a back three, you've got to be able to use the ball because then it allows you to play into the midfield, it allows you to get it out to your wing back, it allows you to get the crosses in, especially if you're playing with two strikers. And that's what I thought Steve's plan was going to be. You know, let's get the ball out to the wide players, get crosses in the playing them because we're playing with two strikers, especially the two stri- uh, strikers that we had, who that's what they thrive on either balls over and behind or crosses coming in. They're not a linker. None of the two of them are a linkers, and that's no disrespect to them. That's not their game, and that's what I thought. That the, the, that's why even Tony Rawson becomes part of the picture because yeah. he's done that exceptionally well for Celtic, getting crosses in. He's I don't know many sixteen assists or something yeah. this season. Yeah. You know, so then that gives you something else. Stephen O'Donnell's never really let us down. Went fantastic against England, but then he against Croatia was probably has to be a wee bit more tactically aware because they were so good at mm. Perisic and that playing in that sort of higher line and not allowing you to get forward. So sometimes the opposition stop you playing that. But we never done either or. Yeah. And I think that's where we get, it was a wee bit upset more than this. And listen, I know Steve Clark will be sitting looking at the video and saying the exact thing as we're sitting saying mm-hmm. here. He'll see the things say, well, we've never done this. And you heard them talk about, we didn't pass the ball well enough. We didn't do this. What you've got to do is say, have we got the players to do that and change it? And it's easy us sitting here saying, oh, we've done this and I'd have played him there and who comes in off the lines? We maybe not have the players that can do that. Yep. you know who can play in the wee holes and come into the wee spaces Christy does it very well when he's on the right hand side you know mm-hmm. if he plays on the left hand side it's slightly different because he's going outside more on his naturally but when he's in the, the right hand side and he comes in he can find the wee pockets and like that and you've seen how big a problem it is for a fullback or a defender does he come in if he comes underneath the game yeah. it's very difficult to pick up Rob you, you, know? you said maybe the horse had bolted uh, 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 by the time he made the change um, and a lot of people have been critical of Stevie mm-hmm. Clark saying he didn't change things when it wasn't happening he didn't change quickly enough but at half time it was only 1-0 that, that was a salvageable situation at that stage when he did make the change it was it was that second goal wasn't it within a few minutes of the of the restart that that, that was the, the killer moment wasn't they it they killed it Rob absolutely killed it because it doesn't give you that moment to actually affect you that you, what he's put his message across at half time and you've probably done it so many times you've changed the formation you know that's the right thing to do it's changed the personnel a little bit of tactics you know that's the right thing to do your team goes out and concedes the first the first from the first chance they actually create um, and it is so disappointing because you, it's, then the game just becomes totally different totally different as much tactics as you put on on the sheet or what information you give to the to the group 
you just have to chase the game a little bit mm. especially against a good team like Ukraine because they're going to keep the ball so then you're going to maybe have to press in certain areas of the pitch where you're not supposedly asked to press etc so it's going to be so diff- it's, it was so difficult at 2-0 and to be fair we, at 2-1 we gave ourselves a lifeline and who was to think if we just didn't concede that at 1-0 it would have been one each and you don't know where you go for there because it can give you a, a huge, huge lift at 1-1. I find if we went to 1-1, we would have went on to win it. But it's all ifs, ifs and buts. Mm. Let's well, face well, it. Well, like the two goals, the first two goals, people talk about the first one, you know, errors and whatever, you know, no drop them off and whatever. The second one, if you watch the build-up to that on the left-hand side, it was terrible, you know, defensive play on the left-hand side. And we allow them in. Then it's great movement. The big strikers peeled away from Scott McTominay. The wide player... On Young Hickey, who they were trying to criticise him, but the boy's movement was great. Zinchenko ran into the box, went to the back post, then moved, moved again, out. back yeah. back out. Hickey thought, I need to I, go, I go with him. him yeah. They two or three steps then created the, the striker to just leap in at the back post with obviously McTominay. Zinchenko made that as well. But if you look out at the first, um, Andy Robertson and Cooper on the left hand side, and we talk about Kieran Tierney again, but they were so exposed to what they'd done and they went tight when he shouldn't have went tight then he didn't know what to do but it was great play with them yeah. you know because all of a sudden they're saying well he can't do it he can't come close to me here he's in a space here so now you've got Cooper who's not like Kieran Tierney a natural left back because that's slightly different because when Kieran Tierney goes out there playing in the mm-hmm. back three he's in that position nine times comfortable territory back, for that's him, him yeah. as a left back Cooper's a centre half out in that position that's completely different mm-hmm. you know and that's why people say about the back three that's why we played it because you Kieran would be predominantly comfortable going into that position yeah. easily getting into that position and if you watch the build up to that goal that's exactly what you'll see you'll see you think Andy Robertson wrong um, Cooper exposed in a position where he doesn't want to be and then obviously the movement in the box they're good players and making the right choice and that's what they've done but we didn't make enough good choices you know mm-hmm. we, we go you, you're right Steve's made seen it he's got a problem and all of a sudden you find yourself two nothing down you think wow and then you see some of the decisions made after that you know, they, they talked about the one McGregor getting back for the tackle and the goal how super exposed you are mm-hmm. and that's what it ends up being you know it ends up becoming like that because they'll just pick you off yeah. you know they just pick you off because there's nobody in position then you're just hoping something's going to happen we know John had a big chance with I think 30 minutes to go and you're betting John scoring it mm-hmm. you know you can, and, and I know that but he's been made remarkable for his goal scoring record for Scotland has been remarkable so but it gives you 30 minutes mm-hmm. That that's the only thing but in my heart of heart, just the way they were playing, I just felt then the more we would come and try and get that second goal or an equaliser if John even would have scored, I thought they were so in good form that they just picked us off again. And that's, if you remember, just after John missed the chance, they had another chance again. You yeah. know? And you're thinking, we've just missed that chance. And then all of a sudden, it came up the pitch and scored again. And I just think on the night it was a bad day. But as I said, the Armenia game takes a hell of a lot, uh, a different perspective now. I think from the Scottish fans it, I could think be, that's it, the thing. it could be a big job to lift the yeah. players for that one I mean it's not a glamour game by any stretch no, of no. the imagination and it comes on the back of one of the biggest disappointments yep. uh, a footballer will get getting close uh, to a World Cup and then, then it all falls flat well flat is a good word because it might end up being flat at the game mm-hmm. but you have to make sure that you get the result first and foremost and hopefully we do have the performance and the result but Steve Clark's good at that you know I've, I've I've been you know managed by him and there's been times where we've obviously 
wanting to win a football match and we've not won it and he's good at picking it up he's good at giving the players belief again really quickly and obviously did say that we'll suffer for a little bit but listen we need to get back on track this is the Nations League we need to get a very very good start and and I think we will but I was just thinking there when Peter was talking he might actually just go if he can with the same team and say well prove uh-huh. what and rectify you've, what you've taken a lot of, you've taken a lot of stick from a lot yeah. of people yeah, go but, out there and show because I know as do. a player I would want to then rectify mm-hmm. that as quickly as possible and I know I would make sure that I perform on the night so maybe the lift will be picking the same team we shall see it is next Wednesday night at Hamden Scotland Armenia and uh, it is the start of Scotland in the Nations League the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors visit their brand new Toyota showroom at Kennis Head Road Darnley let's go let's go was that any better that for you? That was amazing. Yeah, well, it was, <laughs> well done. I think I've gone up to a theatre 10. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling earlier on. Scotland was struggling last night. We're going to talk more about that, obviously, before we're finished. But there are some other football stories to discuss uh, as well. We had Lloyd Wilson on the show earlier on, if you missed that. Uh, he and Craig Napier, two uh, referees who have uh, come out as gay and uh, hoping that uh, there are going to be more who will follow their lead. Lloyd was uh, just telling us how relieved he was and how much he suffered uh, living a lie, as he put it. Um, but uh, the two of them have uh, taken the lead of a couple of high-profile footballers earlier on a few months back. Uh, and going down that uh, same road. In terms of uh, football transfer business, uh, there's going to be plenty of it in the next couple of months. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, we're told, uh, has confirmed that he's going to leave Tottenham this summer. That's maybe not too much of a surprise, but will he be returning to Celtic next season? What a successful loan spell. That was uh, Peter Grant. He was outstanding. Uh, Maybe the best defender in the Premiership uh, last season, Carter Vickers, and Celtic want him back on a permanent deal. I wonder if uh, his leaving of Spurs is a prelude to that happening. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so, because I thought he was outstanding. Um, I think you look at him when he comes, and I'd seen, obviously, him a few times, obviously, when I was down south, I'd mm. seen him quite a bit of him as a youngster. You always knew he was a powerful young man. People wouldn't say, in England, was he tall enough? And you could, that was even a problem that was put to him, but he was as strong as an ox, you know? And I think he's shown that. He's bring a calmness to the back line. I think Joe Hart's brought that as well. He's helped Carter Vickers um, remarkably well. You know, I think as a, a centre-back, it's great to have a fantastic, experienced goalkeeper behind you. And I think he's done that exceptionally well as a full team has done, you know. And as I said, by a fantastic signing for them. I think they still maybe need another centre-half as backup if the Julian or that decide mm-hmm. to go. You know, I still think they'll need another one as well. So, because they've got that many games coming on and they're going to come very, very quickly with the European games starting very quickly as well, you know. So, there's who no is, real break for them. So, who is there beyond Carter Vickers and Starfelt who were the first choice central difference? I know Stephen Welsh is there. Stephen I mean, it is, 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 is he's young. He's, yeah. as I said, only if people say you can get experiences playing games, you know. But, um, I think when you're going at that level, you know, you've got to have top, top quality as much as you possibly can. And I just think that's probably a position defensively. We have to have something different because if you think about some of the games we played against, especially Bodo Glimp, mm. I think we were caught out defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very, very quick against us. On, and it's OK imposing yourself in the opposition but you've got to respect that as well. We have to be better defensively. I'm talking about the European games here because people say you can dominate the Scottish game. That's never easy. Please believe me, I've been in that. It's never, ever easy to do that. But predominantly they did do that this year. 
But in the games like Bodo and mm. that, I felt we struggled in the changeover. As we say, churning over possession. <laughs> mm. All of a sudden, you're, you're you're exposed against very quick players and wide players and strikers now playing with three up and whatever. So I think we have to be better at that. And I just think Celtic need that little bit more experience at the back line. Conor Goldstone, was that a surprise to you, Chris, that... Uh, he gave it the big build up yeah, he, was, he was on Instagram <laughs> saying thank you for all the memories those memorable days and nights and all the rest of it, it sounded like he was leaving and then the next day of course uh, I'm signing a new four year deal with Rangers did that surprise you? It did but I'll be honest it did a little bit because it looked as if he was out the door and I think probably myself and 90% of the Rangers fans would have probably thought that was going to be the case I think like the likes of Nottingham Forest were looking at him and whether he was going to go back home or not um, to settle down in England. Um, I apparently sold his house, so everybody heard wind of that. But um, I'm delighted that he signed a new four-year deal because I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst actually leans on him a little bit. Um, I think, you know, he's an experienced one. He, and I heard Gio saying that he creates his standards every single day. He likes a few others like Tavernier. Um and I think he takes the captaincy when Tavernier's not available. So, you know, he's, he's, he's not just a a leader, he can be a captain and I think he's a huge, huge part of Rangers' success over the last four seasons um, and if he did go, then Rangers would have probably had a little bit of a problem like Celtic probably have in that central area of the mm. pitch where and it's centre-back where they would probably have to buy a real good experienced centre-back um, I know Carter Vickers is, looks like he's going to sign if obviously Levy gets his way or Celtic are going to have to negotiate very very well with that one because <laughs> mm. I heard them saying they're going to have to um, um, it's up to them now to, to sort it out he's happy at Celtic but there's probably still a long way to go mm. with that one if we know how Tottenham work out but yeah Golton delighted he's, he's signed again for Rangers and he's, he said that you know there's one way that playing for Rangers you know he could go to another club but Listen, you could go down to England, but you, as Peter said before in the show, there's no better, you know, the adulation you get for playing for the old firm. And I think actually Richard Goff said that he's taking some credit for it because he said he had a well, word he with would, him. Wouldn't he? he said he had a, <laughs> he said he had a word, for, word, word with him after the Leipzig game and said, you know, you might go to a bigger league, but you'll definitely not play for a bigger club. Mm. I wonder what that means to John Suter next season um, if Rangers are going to continue with a back four and they're not going to play all three because obviously. Um, Calvin Bassey uh, looks like. Uh, but, but I think Bassey could probably go. You know, he's been mm, the one. Maybe they're well, going to sell one of them. Maybe and the, the, the offer they're getting for them could allow them to pay mm-hmm. Golston more money. Um, but as I said, as Chris said there, I had said a few weeks ago, he's not going to get the adulation anywhere else that he's got here. And mm-hmm. um, if Bassey decides to stay, all of a sudden you're looking at a back three for them. They maybe say Barisic. Right, thank you very much. We could move you on mm-hmm. or, or put him as wing back because I've been putting John Lundstrom back there. Mm-hmm. You know, John can play in the, um, John Suter can play in the back three. Yeah. Bassey can play in the back three. You've got Golson can play in the back yeah. three. They've all done it. So it gives him something else. It gives Gio that opportunity to be flexible, which I think he's done tremend- tremendously mm-hmm. well. And that's what I've, I think that's the big difference between him and Stephen that he actually changed his system. You know, and, and was flexible and that. Yeah. And I think I think he'd done that exceptional. I don't think he get the credit deserved for that. Um, That's what got them to the final because they changed it so absolutely. many times. I think against Borussia Dortmund and in games, Braga, yeah. you know, in games where they would actually changed information and um, it got them to the, where they got where they went because beforehand it was you knew the formation it was four three three. And it only got him to the last 16 so you're right he has to take huge credit for that and I think Bassi's for me is more of a a left back or a left wing back I do love him in there but mm-hmm. I just think he can offer so much going forward uh, the only time 
like Barisic is probably useful is when Kent and Barisic play together because they have a good connection with each other. Kent comes inside and then Barisic overlap. But Gio doesn't want that. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst doesn't sort of play that way anymore if you really think about it, Peter. So I would prefer Bassey um, on, on the wing. Um, so that could work then, Suter, Goldson and Bassey uh, with, with Tavernier in, in that genuine right wing yeah. back position yeah. and then if if Barisic goes then I guess somebody else coming in you're not going to get rid of them all any, Rob if you can hold them all I'm yeah. sure Gio would like to be adding to it without getting mm. rid of them mm-hmm. you know there's some guys who want to out the door for sure mm. to, to freshen it up there's other guys who want to stay and all the guys we've mentioned I've no doubt they want them to stay whether they do mm. is a completely different question maybe Gio knows that he's going to lose Bassi mm-hmm. you know so he think well we've got, he can't lose the two of them because that's a massive part of their success last year was the two of them, you know. And, and as we say, you've, it's okay talking about Nottingham Forest, and I'm not being disrespectful. You were there as well, Chris. 30,000 people. I know they're in the Premier League, but we Rangers or Celtic shouldn't be losing players to them. I know financially we do, but that's the only reason it should be financially. Mm-hmm. You're losing to them because the clubs and the adulation, they, they just don't stand, I stand together. I heard Bassey tweeting or his Instagram said the money doesn't bring you happiness, so... Yeah. You never know, you know, that's Bassey might think it's offered something next week. <laughs> I know. You <laughs> might just think that I'm learning my trade mm. here, I'm loving it. Um well, I mean how much has he developed yeah, he in the last six months even under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst So he's got you know I know if you get a big offer it's so tempting, but you know, on the other side of the coin, he is only twenty two and if he develops that much in six months, what could it what could next season do for him? Absolutely. And maybe that's something Rangers come to that agreement with him you know that they up his money for the next couple of years but we'll sell you in one because predominantly that's what clubs say they give him a new two year extension or something mm. they know they're selling him next year mm. so they can make money on him they don't want him to go out of contract they come to that agreement with the player and in the modern day you probably have to do that now because a lot of the players want to go away for nothing they yeah. don't want a transfer fee they want part of the transfer fee to be them mm. going to them and they, they get the finance from that and I know you've always got to be careful and the only thing I, 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 I sort of trip myself up on here is the fact that You've got to be careful you don't pick up injuries because we know how football is. You pick up an injury, everybody, you're soon forgotten. You know, we understand that, but I'm sure uh, that Rangers would be desperate to keep them all and to make sure they get stronger, as Celtic would do. Celtic would want to keep their guys, and Ange, I'm sure, get rid of the guys that he doesn't want there so he can freshen up the training room because there's nothing better, and Chris will tell you, there's nothing better going back as a player and there's a quality players there in the training ground. Mm. It lifts everybody else, or your quality signing comes in, even if you've been successful and another quality signing comes in, and you want to prove to them how good you are and whatever. Mm. And it just lifts everybody, you know, and it gives you that spark. And I'm sure that Rangers won't want to lose their players that they, they want to keep, and same exactly like Celtic Park. They'll not want to lose the players that they want to keep. We've had Stephen Davis, uh, we've had Conor Goldson. Is Alan McGregor going to complete the hat trick? Yeah. Will he Will he be signing up, do you think, Chris, for another season? I think he should. Um I think I'm the one that's telling him. I think you're a long time retired. Everybody <laughs> tells you that, didn't they, Peter? So, he, might, he might be looking for your advice, so you can well, tell him right now. Give me a phone if he <laughs> but um, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure it's up to him. But I would definitely play because he got to remember as much as people say McGregor. You know, 40 years of age. You know, he's he's getting old, but and he's maybe made a few mistakes. I see, but every goalkeeper makes mistakes. Just highlighted because he's that good and hardly makes mistakes. How how many times has he actually saved? points this season mm-hmm. for, for the club so he's and on the European run as well on the, yep and if he goes then it's going to be really really difficult to find that level uh, no disrespect to McLaughlin but that level of goalkeeper for a, a, a price that Rangers are looking to spend 
And you want that type of person around the place as well, don't you? That with that sort of winning mentality, and, and also the the will to to be as good as he is, age forty. It's massive, Ross, uh, Rob, about the dressing room because look at Manchester United. There's your prime example. Because world superstars in there, but they just don't look like a team, you know. So when you've got good, experienced players who are positive impact on the group. You've got to keep them. As a coach and a manager, people have always said to you, if you've got good senior pros, you're halfway there because they they lead everything. They do everything. Everybody, without saying anything, just people watch the way they train, the way they prepare every day, you know, the respect they have around about the stadium, whatever, the training ground, the way they respect others around about the training ground in the stadium. People think that's a small thing. It's massive. You know, because that's you setting the standard. Whereas at Celtic, that was the biggest thing for us, that everybody knew what you were representing. Because you've got to remember, you're representing that club 24-7. Not just two hours on a Saturday afternoon or at training that morning. 24-7, especially here in Glasgow. That's what it's all about. You live your life properly. Nobody's saying you've got to be a hermit. You've got to let your hair down for sure at times. But... When you're pulling on that jersey, when you're working away for that, you're 24-7 a Rangers player or 24-7 a Celtic player. And some people can live with that, some people can't. Alan's proven, he's had his moments, of course, mm-hmm. but I think on the pitch he's never letting them down. A few issues sometimes off the pitch at times, but I think his professionalism has always been there. And if you've got top, top quality players, and that's why I think Stephen Davis yeah. is such a massive signing for them, mm-hmm. for me because the amount of experience he's got the national caps he's got he's taking it for both worlds if I was a young midfield player I'd be falling about every day I'd done the exact same with uh, Tommy Burns God rest him and Danny McGrain as a young player mm-hmm. at 16 when I went into Celtic Park at 16 that's all I did was watch day two because they used to go into the middle of a, a gymnasium which is an embarrassment to call it a gym you know it was the coldest place ever you'd wear a coat it was so cold <laughs> and Danny McGrain and Tommy Burns were in it every day mm-hmm. And I was like a wee sheep pulling them up the stairs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that was it because they were experienced players and they were the best players and I wanted to know what made them slightly different. And it was something that followed me for the rest of my career. Yeah. Um, Stephen Davis um, has signed. Alan McGregor uh, could well be next. Conor Goldson uh, has signed up for another four years um, as well. And talking about uh, veteran goalkeepers, uh, Craig Brown will be uh, 40 on Hogmanay, I think it is. He hits the, the big 4 um how good was he last night? Um, a hat-trick of really important saves, Chris, before eventually he was beaten. Yeah, Craig Gordon's been terrific um, for Hearts, um, as well as he's since mm. he stepped in, since David Marshall got injured, and David Marshall hasn't got a look in since. Um, and again, see with goalkeepers, I just think the more the, the more they play, the more experience they get, they positionally are so good, I think. Especially that Yarmolenko shot. Um, with that snapshot he took the step forward he spreaded himself well and he and he stopped it obviously going in the back of the net and I could probably name a, a few more and even beforehand in other games he's been terrific so listen McGregor and Gordon at 40 years of age what terrific goalkeepers we have um, in Scotland and I include David Marshall in that obviously mm-hmm. he's not the same age as, as them two but yeah, they, they they could go on for two or three more seasons easily for me, Rob. Do you not think? Mm-hmm. How, how's Craig Gordon feeling today when you perform like that and you make saves like that, and and you still lose and and again, you know, could have could have lost more goals than the three, but he was outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he would delighted the way he performed himself. But, um, but like all players, it means nothing if you don't no. win. You know, you're always happy with your own performance for sure, but there's no enjoyment 
uh, when you don't it's win. It's got to mean something. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I played a lot of poor games, so I know when we won a lot of games, and the Saturday night's really tough when you've not played well yourself. And, it, and even if you played well and the team lost, it was horrible. You know, because it's it's all about that team because you've all worked so hard to try and do it. Craig's preparation and his performance has been outstanding. Played against him in the championship, obviously, the year before when they got promoted. He was outstanding in that. Mm-hmm. And then he's continued it this year. And you can see where hearts are. There's probably games that's been nip and tuck and he's probably mm-hmm. produced a save, which always the Celtic Rangers goalkeepers always had to do. You could win the game 5-0, but they forget about a save you made mm-hmm. in the first minute. I keep going on about a couple of weeks back, I kept saying about Joe Hart made one against Livingston when Celtic mm-hmm. won the first time at Livingston for a long time. Joe Hart had a save at 0-0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he had a save at 1-1, you know, um, or just uh, just after that. Yeah, 1-1. He had another unbelievable save. But people forget it when you're going to win the game. For the goalkeeper, unfortunately, mm-hmm. where if the striker goes up and they say, oh, he's got a hat trick or whatever. But the keepers and the, the Celtic and the Rangers are always expected to produce moments in one save. And that can be in the 85th minute. And Craig Gordon had that when he was at Celtic or whatever. And I think it lets people know that he was determined when he left there that his career wasn't over. That's what you've got to give him great credit for. Mm. And he's, for me, he's probably the best year since he left Celtic, even, yeah. even though he was outstanding at Celtic. Mm. I think he's even had his best years. The last few years have been as, as good yeah. as anyone I've seen. Yep, better than ever. Others were way below their best last night for Scotland, but certainly Craig Gordon doesn't come into that category. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! And that's you up to date on Glasgow's own go. Let's go. Well, Stevie Clark said it himself. Uh, he'll be suffering today. Uh, the other coaches will be suffering. The players will be suffering ahead of the start of the preparations for Scotland against Armenia next Wednesday night. Peter Grant, you've been there, you've been in that uh, the suffering chamber uh, on the back of a, a disappointing Scotland result. How, uh, how was it? As tough as you'll get, Rob. We went to Kazakhstan, obviously, we had a horrendous time over there. Um, lost the game 3-0 and our next game was San Marino. So you're on an absolute hide mm-hmm. into nothing and that's I feel that bit of sympathy f- for Steve in that respect mm-hmm. we could have won the game 4 or 5 or 6, 7, 8 but it was ended up being 2-0 and it wasn't a great game obviously but there's obviously that negativity comes in and obviously that was the last game we were involved in mm. you know but that's the problem it becomes because there's no doubt Steve's sitting back like us and can through everything he's, I know how well he worked even at Chelsea with Mourinho and he's seen how all these managers prepare and Steve's no different from them he works really really hard at that and it's all I'm saying about building the players back up the players have got to take that now you can't give people confidence. It'd be great to give them confidence. Sometimes, this is the first time there's probably been a wee bit of negative to, negativity mm-hmm. towards the group for a while. And it'll be how they handle that. Because it's been predominantly praise they've been getting. So now the negativity sets in for the first time. And I know I could see in front of my eyes after some of the games that some of them weren't good at that. They weren't good at holding that and handling that little bit of t- different type of pressure. Great when everyone's going well when you're mm-hmm. winning games, like mm-hmm. it always is, but some of them didn't handle that particularly well. So I've no doubt Steve will prepare it right. He'll know what he wants to do and he knows what he needs to do. But then it's up to the players then to go and prove that and obviously put in a performance. And that's why I, I, the changes, you've got to make the changes to get the strongest team you think is possible to try and win that game. It's not a time for trying people, that's, that's for sure. You've got to be able to say, well, this guy's going to perform better than the guy I'm leaving out yeah. and that's what we've got to do that's what I would be doing and that's the advice I'd be giving because it's all about winning and trying to get that mm. 
start starting a new run going again yeah that's a good point that Peter makes about players dealing with disappointment yeah. and dealing yeah. with criticism and, and in recent times there hasn't been a lot of that flying about because Scotland have been getting slaps on the back for the, the unbeaten run the eight game unbeaten run etc um, but that that's part of the the path of progress for a player as well isn't it being able to come back from criticism and say I'm going to show you what I'm all about next time well it's the setbacks to the comebacks and when you have setbacks, the best players that we can cope with mentally we have good comebacks. Rob, if I'm honest with you, and I, I think it, it does have a, a, a group of men in there that will be able to handle the dressing room and make sure they all go in the, in the same direction and there'll be no cliques or negativity and say we should have done this, done that. I think we're, we're still together. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think we've got really, really good people in, in that changing room and Steve Clark knows that. Um, yeah, but they're going to have to deal with the... With the the criticism and, and stuff like that. But listen, we've probably been the underdogs a lot before this. Um, and at this time, I think the underdogs were Ukraine. And we actually had to be the ones that were the bad guys, as Steve Clark said. And that was another element that we had to probably uh, challenge ourselves in to get the results. So we go to our, we, we, we play Armenia and I'm, I'll be really interested to see if he actually keeps the same team or changes the formation or changes personnel but Peter's probably right he just has to pick the team that's best for that game but they have to cope with probably some more criticism they have to cope with maybe the fans being flat because obviously they'll be a bit down from what's happened and mm. know that they're not going to a World Cup spending all their money to go there and stuff like that so the players are going to have to pick the fans up um, if I'm honest sometimes but in the past the fans have probably lifted the players a little bit in times where we've looked as if we'd needed them and now obviously I think now that we have to pick the fans up Stevie Clark, I'm convinced and that's why it's important that we don't forget how far we've come over the last three years as a group that's developed together we have to qualify for Euro 2024 and then beyond that by the time you get to the World Cup 2026 this group of players will have more caps more experience and should be better and that's what we have to aim to be I'm just wondering Peter is this going to feel like an interminably long week for the players between last night and the Armenia game because there there was that great carrot of Cardiff and Wales on Sunday in between and, and a chance to go to the World Cup and suddenly you've got this mass of days in front of you on the training ground or in the video room or wherever uh, talking about Armenia Absolutely it's, There's absolutely no doubt Supporters have been looking forward To going to Wales What a fantastic occasion that. I mean, Don't get me wrong It wouldn't have been easy It's alright saying mm. Going out to Ukraine Wales are a good side yeah. That would have been a real Real tough game But people have been bringing up memories of Don Mass And Kenny Dalglish Big Joe Jordan's mm. handball They'd bring all these Never memories. handball That's what I'm saying Exactly <laughs> uh, So all these memories Would have come flooding back You know And it would have been A fantastic occasion It would have been great to see And supporters were all Looking forward to that As we all were as a nation mm. And I'm sure Steve and the boys were You know There's absolutely no doubt of that And Ukraine were thinking The same thing You know They're thinking What an opportunity for us We could go and play Wales To go to the World Cup So mm. there's, there's two sides to that But as you say, it's going to be long. Um, I'd be interested to see how Steve Major maybe given like these two days. He'd maybe say to him go away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that's probably the best thing. It's not as if you're giving them time off. You're going to say, go and see your family, whatever. You know, have a few days and then let's go back into the preparation come Saturday, whatever. Before the game next week, let's all get back on the training ground for Saturday. Because sometimes that wee bit away from each other. The big problem they've got now, they read all social media, they, they listen 
radio programmes, everybody's talking about them negatively for the first time for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different flip when everybody's talking about you positively because you want to listen to it all, you want to see it all. And the ones you, you switch off, your friends soon tell you, oh, by the way, that guy was on, Peter Grant was on getting you stick last night, <laughs> whatever. Everybody tells you. Yeah. You know, and it's that's the way. And you've got to try and keep away from that. Steve's experienced enough. These boys are hopefully experienced enough now. They know what they've got to do. They, you don't want to give them too much time where they're just sitting doing nothing. You want to keep them busy. You want to, whether it's in the video room or whatever, you want to keep them busy because they'll all be thinking of the disappointment for themselves. Because let's be honest, all the boys wanted to beat the World Cup. Yeah, there is nothing better as a professional footballer yeah. to be playing on the biggest occasions with the best players. So there's a big disappointment from there. So the next few days will be important for them. But as we all do, as I said many times, if you're champions, even in football or whatever, you win the league. You win the league. You're champions for four or five weeks because you're back to pre-season training. And this is the exact same as this. You've had a big disappointment. Now you... Berkey's 100% right. Now, the one thing we have to do is get early shots in, early crosses in, come against Armenia to try and lift the supporters because that's what they're coming for. They're going to be coming there, sitting there saying, right, what are you going to do now? How are you going to perform after last week? And that's what they'll be waiting on. And as long as you give them that, you know, you get more shots on target, you play better in possession, you defend better, you do that. You know what Scotland's like, that they soon forget in the respect to that. Yes, there'll be a massive disappointment. I know that's just five days. At last, right through November to the World Cup's bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when it's happening absolutely. and we're not there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that'll last that, that period yeah. of time. So they just have to manage this period and, God willing, they get an opportunity to win the games, the next few games, they win a couple of the next few games. It's going to be important then. They can settle down and say, right, OK, we go again. But this is very, very important couple of it's, weeks now it's a test now for actually the players character who actually mm-hmm. wants to still play for their country definitely if I'm honest you hopefully won't see any call-offs or people pulling out because this is a test of character for them so it's it's good for Steve Clark to actually see how they cope with this mm-hmm. also um, who wants to still be there no matter what I no think matter, there's still a feel-good factor in the yeah, camp no, I'm, isn't I'm, there I'm, I'm yeah. 100% but listen it's still a great test for them because mm-hmm. as much as you know as they're going to stay together at let's hope they are but there might be a little element of doubt and a few thinking, well, I could actually maybe get a holiday now before I go for my, my club, uh, go back to my club. You know, it's only a few Nations League game, then I can return uh, the next the next camp or whatever. But listen, there might be a few calls, maybe, maybe Steve Clark says you need a rest or whatever from, from that point of view. But I think it's still a good test of character the ones that actually want to prove their point for their country. And maybe you feel a little bit of tiredness ahead of Armenia that you wouldn't have felt ahead of Cardiff, Wales and heading for the World Cup. It's human nature. Don't get, Listen, every football player still has the same feelings as any anybody else. Like, we feel flat in here when we came in before mm. we started speaking. I probably still feel, feel sound <laughs> flat now. <laughs> now you've, you've lifted me. You've lifted me up. <laughs> but listen, we all do that. I'm going to sing as, shortly. As the manager said, there's suffering, so... Yeah, we're going, we're going to have to pick ourselves up. So it's a great test of character for that sense also. Do you like the fact um, that your old gaffer has put his neck on the block in a sense? He is convinced that Scotland, if it yeah. did, if it wasn't to happen this time, and it hasn't, uh, and he, he said it again after the game, he thinks Scotland will qualify for, for Euro 2024. Uh, if not that, it's America and the next World yeah. Cup. Because well, these players, you know, they're, the players are, are at, at an age, most yeah. of them in the squad, that they will still be around in four years' time. Or he's a liar, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's everything that comes out of Steve Clark's mouth is positive. And I think that's one thing that he's, 
he's he's gave to the not just the players but to the fans and to the nation. Everybody, everything's positives. At the time we could have been a little bit negative, maybe only winning one 0 against um, I think who was it we played Moldova mm. stuff like that. Where we think we should have beat them more, like you said against San Marino. But he's positive with he, it, and he found a way of winning these games yes, that are sometimes exactly. really awkward. So I I I do think we can reach Euro twenty twenty four. I do and I also think we can reach the World Cup it's difficult to reach the World Cup more so than Euros as Craig said earlier on the show but listen there's a great age the, the group good experience as I said more caps more games for your country more experience at that level and if you get that and a good blend and the group stays together as much as it can we integrating some um, uh, new players like the likes of Higgy, Hickey and Ralston etc players like that Gilmore as well that came in the last, last season so I do think we can reach both of them, if I'm honest, Rob. It, it's just readjusting the target, isn't it? It was it was a short target. It was we could see that finishing line for the World Cup. Now we're back on what is a long road, Peter, uh, starting next Wednesday night. That, that hopefully gets us to Euro 2024. Of, of course it is, because everybody wants to go to the World Cup. You know they've seen the Euros now down in England a couple of um, last year. They went there, and all of a sudden everybody wanted the World Cup. But because we were so close, you know. Sometimes you need to freshen it. I know he's saying there's a lot of caps, but then that's okay. People saying about freshen it, but then you need guys to perform. Ralston performed when you thought he was probably going to the championship at the start of the season. Mm. And I mean the championship in Scotland, not in England. Mm. All of a sudden he can be performed. Now we've got to hope there's going to be a few other guys that's going to come into that group because, as I say, even that group needs a spark at times. Somebody comes in and excites you. We believe about Gilmore coming at a time. And he gave them a wee bit of a spark at times, you know. So all these things... What we need to maintain and try to maintain to do is keep players playing. There's a lot of the guys no playing, as I say, through injuries or loss of form at their clubs. Um, and I just think we've got him for the first time in a long time with a lot of guys who are playing week in, week out. And I thought the performances for Scotland then became better. I think at the end there, there was a few injured and whatever, not not so good. And it puts in the, obviously the back foot a little bit. But listen, we're all desperate to get to a World Cup. There's no getting away from that. But now it's dead, it's buried. Now we've got to think of Armenian performance in. You've brought me back to life, you two. My Hampton hangover has gone. <laughs> and I thank you from the bottom of my That's heart for that. Oh, and, for the last, and for the last two hours as well. Thanks, Peter. Pleasure, and Rob. thanks, Chris, as well. The Go Radio Football Show returns tomorrow live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.com. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.